Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. As a nonprofit organization, Tri-County Industries is devoted to enabling disadvantaged and disabled citizens with the skills needed to be competent in their manufacturing workforce. Tri-County Industries knows a little about being disadvantaged. Their Rocky Mount facility experienced devastating flooding in 1999 and 2016 during Hurricanes Floyd and Matthew. They bounced back more eager than ever to make a difference in their community. They are certified to the ISO 9001 Quality Management System Program. They are also a three-time winner of the DRACA Supplier of the Year Award. Tri-County Industries exemplifies everything they try to instill in their trainees, hard work, dedication, and reliability. Today we're clocking in in eastern North Carolina, the city of Rocky Mount, about a little less than an hour east of Raleigh, and about... 10 or 15 minutes away from I-95. We're at uh, Tri-County Industries today, and we're speaking with the president of Tri-County, Brenda Cogdale. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Good morning, Phil. Glad to have you in Rocky Mount and at Tri-County. We're going to be talking a little bit today about you and the work as a manufacturer here in this area. But first, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about your industry and your program and and how unique it is in terms of your dual purpose. So maybe you can talk a bit about what makes this a unique manufacturer. We are unique in that our main purpose is to be a service provider providing vocational training to individuals with disabilities, all types of disabilities. But in order to do that, we've partnered with local companies to manufacture parts or package for them. And our main purpose is to teach work behavior training, and you have to have work to be able to do that. So that's why it's important for us to reach out and partner with area companies. Talk about how long the organization has been around and how it progressed to to where it is now. We started in 1966. Some parents knew that their children would not be able to go off to college or get a job after they finished high school because they had an intellectual disability. So we started with four staff members and just served a handful of individuals. And we have certainly grown right now. We have 149 staff members. And any given day, we have 85 clients that we're training inside of our building and another 30 that don't need to come into the building that we're providing services to. Can you speak to some of the things that you're able to do uh, with your clients and the type of manufacturing you're involved in? Certainly. We do a lot of kitting work for an area company, Draca Elevator Products. 
we do a lot of packaging for different companies. We package caps for Pfizer. We have a semi-clean room for them. We assemble cardboard reels for Rocky Mount Cord. We package rags for a company, Advantage Wiping. They sell rags to AutoZones and to mechanics. We also build wiring harnesses for Draca Elevator products. So we have a variety of things. And one thing that's unique for us is that for some of the kitting jobs, they may need 10 screws or 10 nuts. We have individuals that can't count to 10, but we have made jigs for them so that they put one in each and then they know they have 10. And so then they know to put them in a bag and their supervisors inspect their works. That's how we know that we're providing quality products. Yeah, I think it's quite remarkable in the way that your trainers are able to to determine how to best utilize the abilities of your workforce. How do you find work for your team? Well, really, it's the responsibility of all of us that work here. We do have a sales manager, but one of our biggest sales is repeat customers or those customers selling our abilities to other companies in the area. So just a word of mouth? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, great. Brenda, I want to talk a little bit about your tenure here and how you got started with Tri-County. I know you've been around for a while, and you've covered a lot of ground in terms of roles and responsibilities. Can you talk about when you started here and some of the things you've done along the way? Well, I actually started in January of 1980, and I was a workfloor supervisor working with the group that has more difficulty learning things. And Tri-Counties, where they will work, they're not in the program for us to get them ready to go out to find a job. So from there, I moved to doing our homebound program, where I actually went to people's homes and tested them to see their assets and limitations for employment and actually took work to their homes for them to do. And then I'd go back the next week and pick it up. I'd go all the way up to the Virginia line up in Northampton County. That was before cell phones, so sometimes it was pretty challenging finding people's homes. And then I did um, job placement, and then I was responsible for all of our short-term training programs. Then in December of 2000, I was very honored to be named president. And so you've been president for quite a while now. I have. I have. I've heard rumors that you're going to call it a day sometimes. January 23rd. Yeah, that's great. You had a great career here, and I know how passionate you are about the work, and so uh, hopefully we'll have someone back here as excited about it as you. I certainly hope so. The board's in the process now of beginning the search for my position. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want us to speak about, you know, uh, some time ago, I, I think I spoke with you after a, a heavy storm and you spoke about how you were flooded here. But I didn't realize until recently that you've been flooded twice here. And can you talk about how you dealt with those floods and, and some of the things that you you put in place to help the program remain uh, viable through storms and disasters like that? Well, our first experience was Floyd and we had over four feet of water in our building. I wasn't president then, but I 
was in charge of programs, and it was very traumatic to come in this building and see all the damage that was done. But one of the things that I realized is how our team really pulled together, because with that flood, we literally lost everything. When we finally got back in the building, we all of us were on the work floor with the clients. There were no offices ready or anything, so we really got together and did what was best for Tri-County. A little over two years ago, we had Matthew come through, and we had 18 inches. But when they were calling for that, my husband and I and another couple came in this building on that Sunday morning, and we took all the active client files out, all the personnel files, everything that anybody had on their desk. So anything that I knew it was important that we not lose. We hauled away from this building and took it to my house. So that helped us get back on our feet a little quicker. We were fortunate that we were only out of service for two weeks for our clients. We found a temporary site. We have put more things in place, like Last fall, when they were calling for Florence to come through, initially it was going to come through this area, we emptied this building of everything. Wow. We had everybody with hands on deck. A fellow Rotarian sent a couple of his staff to help us, and we loaded everything into tractor trailers so that we wouldn't have to load it and unload it twice. Thank goodness we didn't get water in the building, but we were prepared. So was that that part of just the documented plan that you have now uh, for disasters? It is, and we have everything. We have a priority list of things that have to be out of the building first, second, third. So we followed that plan. Yeah, I thought it was amazing when you told me about that. It was kind of a near miss, but but, you you didn't feel bad at all about doing all of that you know, in preparation for it. And so I think many organizations can learn from you in terms of preparation and things like that. We've also made sure that all of our HVAC units are up high. All of our electrical sockets are a little higher than normal. We made those changes. Well, we made some of the changes after Floyd, but definitely after Matthew. What we're going to do now is talk a little bit more about the way you you manage the workforce and some of the opportunities they may have in, in the plant. When I met with you earlier, you spoke about how individuals are able to progress through and, and have some important opportunities here. Can you talk a bit about how you, you know, evaluate people along the way and give them chances to do more things? Certainly. First of all, I think it's important for us as a company that goes out and ask employers to hire individuals with disability, that we be a role model for that. And so when we have any positions in-house, we post it internally for any interest. And so a lot of our workforce are individuals with disabilities. Some have been through our training program, and some didn't need the facility-based training for employment. But we've got several incidences where we have individuals that we hired as hourly staff, and they just kept growing and developing, and they've become supervisors now. One 
individual supervisors the client workforce in his area, and the other individual supervises hourly staff. You don't only do manufacturing, right? You have some service work that you do out in the field. Can you talk about some of that? We do. Um, one thing people don't realize that we do is we operate rest areas for North Carolina Department of Transportation. We do the one in Northampton County, the two in Nash, the two in Johnston County on I-95 in Selma, and then on I-40 outside of Benson. Our contract says that 75% of the employees should be individuals with disabilities, and we average 93%. So I'm really proud that we're giving people opportunities that have significant disabilities, some, that they're no longer sitting home drawing a check. They're out working and getting full benefits. We also clean some area offices. But another thing people don't realize that we do is we have packers up in Rocky Mount Engine Plant. We have two shifts of packers there. We inspect metal skids for them. We rent a warehouse, and we have a welder to repair those. And then we have about 25 employees at Draca Elevators Distribution Center doing kitting and material handling there. And now we're back in the factory to see uh, and hear about some of the work that's being done by the employees of the plant. Brenda, can you talk a little bit about the area that we're in right now? We call this Area 2 which is our electronics area. Many years ago, we purchased a small electronics company with just four or five employees, and it's grown to this. Wow. So what do you serve? Who do you serve back here? You're making a lot of cords and things like that, right? We do. Most of the work is for Draca Elevator products. We build lots of different wiring harnesses for them, and they go into elevators. So we spoke about how you, you develop your workforce and, and give them opportunities to advance. Can you speak to a specific situation that you have back here? Yes, our actual supervisor here came through our VR training program, our short-term training program. Um, we hired her to do electronic work, and then we made her our lead person, and then we promoted her to supervisor. All right, so maybe we can talk a little bit to Kim and, and see how she feels about working here at Tri-County. Well, first I got started here as a client through the VR program. And when I first came in, I didn't expect that I'd be doing this because they told me I'd never do it again. And some people had acknowledged that I knew some certain little um, things about electronics. So when I started, the first three days I was in Area 1. And then the next time I, I looked up, I wasn't in Area 1 no more. I've been back here ever since. And I've been doing everything I used to do before my before my car accident. And I've been going from there. So what types of things do you manage over here? I manage pretty much everything. Um, I can do every, uh, control the floor, everything a supervisor is supposed to do. And I also help them build the cables and show them how to do, perform the tasks they have to do it for the, on a day-to-day -day basis. So you help them put together like a schedule of what they do every well, day? Or? I have an assistant that puts the schedule together. And, you know, every company has their processes. But I just make sure that everybody that's on the job knows the particular procedure they have to do for their job. So how does working here make you feel? Make me feel good. 
made me feel good about myself, made me know that I got something that I can go look forward to going, going to do every day. All right, so we're in a different area now, Brenda. Can you tell me about what's happening here? Well, this is Area 1, and this is Bernard Williams, and Bernard is our one of our rehab supervisors, is what we call them, and he's actually doing some work for DRACA. All right, so I think we're going to speak to Bernard. Bernard, can you tell us a little bit how you got started here and how you became the supervisor? Well, in 2010, I came as a client of vocation rehabilitation. And I came in, they gave me a chance. I was on the dialysis for 14 years. And I came and I started here on the program and I enjoyed it. And I got hired in the back. And then I came up here, was opening for a supervisor and I applied for it and I got it and I enjoy working with my people. What do you like about being here? I love training people when they come in like for a second chance. Some people don't know how to use nothing, build, assemble nothing. You know, my job is to show them, train them. That's what I do and they enjoy it. You have people come here and never use a screwdriver, don't know do, to screwdriver in a drill. And when they leave, male or female, we all work together. We don't discriminate. We all if we all do it. <laughs> Anything else to do, they'll do it. It's, I love it. I love it. I enjoy all right, it. Well, th- thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. Yeah, Anytime. Good luck to you. <laughs> Anytime. Y'all have a great day. All right, so we're in a, in a different area now, uh, Brenda, and tell us about what's going on here. Well, in this area, we are cutting strapping. And our customer is Marset out of Raleigh, um, but their customer for this particular job is John Deere. And so we cut the strapping to a specified length, and then we put so many together in a bundle, and then they're put in Gaylord boxes and shipped back to Marset. All right, so we have one of your expert technicians on this job here that we're going to speak to. Uh, This is Brenda Bryant, and Brenda is a rehab supervisor for us. So, Brenda, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started here and, and, and the work that you do now? Oh, wow. I've been here 34 years. Um, I started out with another company, um, Rocky Mount Undergarment. I came here under their leadership, and after they closed, then I was employed by Tri-County, and I've been here ever since. So how did you build up to become where you are today? Did you start out as a supervisor? I or? did. I started out as a VR supervisor. Um, then I went to lead supervisor, and now I'm still here. Do you manage other areas here? or I do. Um, this is my area right here. I do. I have clients as well. I work with clients, mm-hmm. and I'm over several jobs. This job, the Pfizer job, I'm over that. We don't have running today. Tell me a little bit about what you do in that Pfizer room. In the Pfizer room, um, we do caps. For, it used to be called Alice, but now it's Hospira. Mm-hmm. So it's Pfizer now. It used to be Hospira. Okay. Okay. And what we do in there, we 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 get the caps, and we check for defects discoloration, we bag them, we box them, and we send them back to them. All right, so tell me how you feel about working here. Uh, it's been 34 years. That speaks for itself, and I, I love it. I love uh-huh. it. I, I enjoy working with the clients, the staff here. It's been amazing. Great. Well, thank you so much thank for talking you. with us. You're welcome. Yeah, I wanted to speak a little bit about how your operation has progressed over time. I know there's some uh, fundamental programs and certifications and uh, standards that you have to have in place to be a rehabilitation facility, but what other things have you uh, leveraged to actually help your organization 
progress and be able to take on sophisticated work like at DRACA? Well, you're right. We have to be accredited, and we have been for many years through the Commission on Accreditation of Rehabilitation Facilities. But I decided a long time ago that we're, we've got it for our pro- program area, but we needed to do something for our production area so that we could market ourselves. So we applied for a grant, and that's when we began partnering with NC State, and we got our ISO registration with the assistance of NC State. And then from there, we thought we should utilize the lean manufacturing programs that NC State offered. And so we partnered with State to come in, and they leaned several areas for us in our production area. I want to take this time to really speak a little bit about the broader efforts around this type of an organization. Can you speak uh, about the statewide efforts to help your clients like you do here at Tri-County? You know, how many of these types of facilities are around and do you band together or anything like that? There's over 40 across our state, but we have a, a state association, the North Carolina Association of Rehabilitation Facilities. So we partner together on all types of things, program and production. We meet at least twice a year together as a state, but we also have regional meetings for, we're divided between the East, the Central, and the West. We call on each other for advice and um, find out what they've done that's worked and what hasn't worked so that we don't make the same mistakes that that they had to go through. I think uh, in this day and age of having difficulty in developing your workforce or actually finding your workforce, you have to do a special type of job with that because you're limited into the areas where you can recruit, right? Right. For our program services, we serve Nash, Edgecombe, Halifax, and Northampton counties. How are you involved in community outreach to ensure that your, your organization's in place to, and everybody knows that this is where they could find that support. For individuals that initially come to us through a training program, they're sponsored here through the North Carolina Division of Vogue Rehab or East Point or Trillium. We are very involved in our community with the Chamber of Commerce, Mayor's Commission for Individuals with Disabilities, Rotary, any kind of community involvement, we have staff there so that we have a presence and people know that we're here for them. When we have jobs, the first thing we do after we post them internally, we contact our sister agencies, other nonprofits, to see if they have individuals. Because we know that people are calling United Way about services. They're calling the Chamber of Commerce about what's available, especially for people with disabilities when family members are moving here. They want to know that there's a resource for them. And again, a lot of our hourly staff are individuals that we have put through our training programs. So we really appreciate you helping us out with this interview today and and telling us more about Tri-County Industries. And we look forward to your continued success. And sooner or later, you're going to have a happy retirement. That's exactly right. But I'll always be following Tri-County because I just love what we do. Okay. Well, thanks again for your participation. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. 
This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.